I'm excited that we're all here. Um, it's good to see you guys here. It's good to have people watching us from home still. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's just good to be back. Um, how are you guys doing? Great. Good, good. Man, I love that, that last song. Um, I am a child of God. Um, because especially that, that, that bridge, that, that last part that we were singing, it, it speaks of us um, being rescued. And that God uh, split those seas so we could walk through it. That he drowned our fears in love. And that he rescued us so that we could do something. He rescued us so that we could stand and sing that we are a child of God. And it screams of purpose. That God didn't just rescue us so that we could just sit around and, uh, and sing songs about him. That's great. But he didn't just rescue us for that. He rescued us for a purpose. And, um, and so I want to start uh, by asking a question that I'm sure you guys have heard a lot before. It's a question that um, is pretty common for us to ask ourselves at least once or twice or maybe 50 times in our life. And that question is, what is my purpose? What is our purpose in this life? Um, is our purpose, you know, the American dream? We have the land of opportunities that we can be whoever we want to be that we can make a name for ourselves, that we can achieve our goals and do whatever we want to do in life if we just put our minds to it. It's the American dream. Is it, is it what society screams at us to be and to do through their mottos of uh, be all you can be and live your best life now and just do it, right? And society just screams at us of what it says our purpose should be. And really, it's just about uh, making a name and lifting up yourself. Is that our purpose in life? Is our purpose to gain success? Um, to gain success and power and, and be comfortable with our life at least come to a place where we, uh, are, where we feel good and we feel safe and we feel secure? Is that our purpose in life? Is, there, is our purpose in life to just be safe? Maybe our purpose in life, um, you know, like the Western Catechism, Westminster Catechism says, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, which I love that idea. I like that, okay? And I'm not getting down on the Westminster Catechism. It's awesome, but it's a little shallow for me. Is it what Jesus says the, the, the greatest commandment is to love God and to love others? I think we're getting closer. And that, that is what Jesus calls us to do. Um, 
But what is, what is our purpose? What were we created for? What were we created to do? What's at the heart of it? Who are we in this, this world of loving God and love, uh, loving others? What if I were to tell you that our purpose and what we were created for was to be kings and queens? What do you think of that? If, if I were to tell you guys that, you guys would think I'm a little bit silly, maybe crazy, if anything, maybe being just a facetious, or at best, just giving you guys an allegory or a metaphor, right? If I were to ask my kids that, uh, they would dress the part and be ready to go, right? I mean, I, I asked my daughter Emery, or my daughter Emery asked me as we were leaving and coming here, hey, Dad, what are you talking about? And I said, kings and queens. And she said, can I be your queen? My other daughter is wearing a tiara tonight. You know, I think it's just natural in us that we just want to be kings and queens or royalty. And I don't think that's by accident. I've been reading um, this, this book with my daughter, Emery. She's nine years old, and it's, it's called Land of Stories. And it's about these kids who fall into this storybook, and they get to meet, through these adventures and stuff, they get to meet all these princes and princesses that they've grown up hearing about. And now they're, they're kings and queens, you know, King Charming. There's actually four King Charmings, I found out. And there's uh, Queen Cinderella and, and Queen Snow White and all these. And it's just fascinating. And she's fascinated by it, right? But those are, those are just fairy tales. But then I think of the other book that I'm reading with Emery. And C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. And I think that C.S. Lewis gets closer to the truth than we may know. Because he talks about these kids, kids again, who find themselves in this strange land, this kingdom that's ruled by a king named Aslan, who's a lion. And they find themselves in this land, but the land is cursed by evil by this wicked witch. And they, they enter into this battle that's basically going on. And they start being a part of this battle going on. And Aslan himself, the king, comes in. And the rescuer that he is, through his death and resurrection, defeats the evil and has victory over the kingdom. Sound familiar? But after this, it's what happens after this that's interesting. That in his kingdom that he reigns, he crowns the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve, these kids, with crowns and charges them to reign and rule over his kingdom. And I think that's interesting that C.S. Lewis picks up on that because I think that we were created as sons of Adam and daughters of Eve to reign in God's kingdom and rule his creation alongside him and with him. 
And if you think I'm far-reaching in this, I want to point you guys to page one of the Bible. In Genesis 1, 27 through 28, it said that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. We've been doing good at that. Congratulations, Britt and Seth and Tim and Becca. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the, of the heavens and over the living things that move on the earth. Did you catch that? And have, he's called us to have dominion. The NIV version says to rule over. New Living Translation says to reign over. And he uses kingdom vocabulary. What is that all about? We were created to rule, to reign, and have dominion over God's creation. If that's not enough, we look at, at David in Psalm 8, who is reflecting on this. And he says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Genesis 1 vocabulary. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. We were created to be kings and queens, to rule and to reign over God's creation with him, alongside him, and alongside each other. You see, I think we were created for a purpose far beyond our imaginations than we can ever think of. Far more exciting than we would ever know. But something went terribly wrong with this. Because in this, we began to want our own kingdoms. We began to want to rule and reign over our own kingdoms. We began to do things that were good in our eyes and not in God's eyes. That were evil in God's eyes. And our downfall is that we did not know how to rule with God and alongside each other the way that we were created to be. And I want to bring us back to that. Bring us back to what we were created for. So how, if this is our purpose, if this is what we're created for, how are we to fulfill our purpose and to rule and reign over God's creation, over God's kingdom? As we see the story of God's people progress, we see, we find ourselves in, in the era of the kings. 
and God's people, they're, they're trying to, to live this life and they demand for themselves a king like the other nations. And they want to be like the other nations. And so they demand for themselves a king over them. And I can't imagine what God is thinking of this. Like, what do you, like, I'm your king and I want you to reign my, king, my creation together over all of this. But you want one king to rule over you. It's not going to turn out well. And so we see him bring in Saul. And Saul was not a good king. And he would do things that was, were not good in the eyes of God and not good for God's people. And through that, we see him bring in David. And David was a man after God's heart, and he did. He ruled as if he was ruling God's kingdom. And yes, he had some minor downfalls, but his heart was right in that he knew he wasn't reigning his own kingdom. He was reigning God's kingdom. And then we have David's son Solomon that comes in. And at first he starts out good. He starts out honoring God and obeying his commandments. And then he turns to other gods and to other uh, women and marrying other women who, are, who worship other gods and starts bringing in and starts enacting slave labor again on God's people. And after Solomon, we come to Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And maybe we haven't heard a lot about Rehoboam. But let me tell you one thing about Rehoboam. Rehoboam had a choice. When he became king after Solomon, his father, he had a choice. And this is where we're going to jump in. He had a choice of which kingdom he was going to reign. Was he going to reign God's kingdom and, and live as he was created to live? Or was he going to reign his own kingdom? And I think that this in lies a question for all of us, a lesson for all of us. Which kingdom are we going to reign? How are we going to rule over God's creation that he has given us, that he has created us to rule over. You see, we have this purpose and this responsibility. And how are we going to respond? Well, let's look at, at how Rehoboam responds. We're going to jump into 1 Kings 12 tonight. 1 Kings 12, uh, really uh, verses 3 through 12 is what we're going to look at. And let me set it up really quick. So there's this guy named Jeroboam. Rehoboam, Jeroboam, Solomon. Um, and Jeroboam was a servant of Solomon, Rehoboam's father. And he was in charge over all forced labor that Solomon put in place. Okay? So not a fun job at all. But this is Jeroboam, and, and Jeroboam, when Rehoboam becomes king, he rallies all of Israel. And he says, let's go to the new king, and let's talk to him, and try to reason with him, and, and get him to, to help us out a little bit. 
okay, and relieve the burden that his father put on us. And so in verse 3, and this is where we pick up, he says, uh, and they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. The king Rehoboam took counsel from old, the old men who had stood before Solomon his father while he was yet alive probably had seen his father's downfall, okay? And they were say, he was saying, how do you advise me to answer this people? And these old wise men, they said to him, if you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you, when you answer them, then they will serve you forever. They will serve you forever. That verse, verse 7 in there. If you will just be a servant to the people, speak kindly to them, relieve them of their burden, they will serve you forever. This is how we're meant to rule God's kingdom. Serve others and they will serve you forever. Rule God's kingdom by giving up your kingdom, by giving up your comforts, by giving up your own agendas and your own wills. But we see Rehoboam in verse 8. It says, But he abandoned the counsel that the old man gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And he said to them, what do you advise that I answer the people who have said to me, lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, thus shall you speak to this people who said to you, your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say to them, my little finger is thicker than my father's thighs. And now, whereas my father laid on you heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Now that's some advice. And this is the advice that Rehoboam took. And Rehoboam abandoned the advice of the old men. Instead, he listened to his like-minded peers who just tickled his ears and boosted his ego and told him what he wanted to hear. Paul warns us about this. 2 Timothy 4.3, he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Here's a question for us. As we seek our purpose, as we seek how to live this life in God's creation with each other and with God, are we seeking counsel from those who will tell us the hard truths? Are we listening to people who are telling us 
the things that are hard to hear in our life? Or are we only listening to those who are telling us what we want to hear? Who are boosting our ego? You know, we need people in our life who will tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And so what is the result of listening to what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? What's the result of listening to bad counsel and ruling in the way that Rehoboam ruled? Well, the kingdom was torn apart after this. God tore the kingdom apart because of this. It was divided. It was divorced. It was destroyed from the inside. There were generations of sin upon sin upon sin because of this decision. God's people were led because of this into exile. And their temple was destroyed. And then they entered into this period of a long silence from God. Until one day, a new king came. A new king arrived, saying, The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And this new king came doing kingdom things, serving others, healing others, walking alongside others, relieving others of their burdens, telling us what the kingdom of God is like, showing us how we can be a part of God's kingdom. And this new king says this. Tell me if you can pick up on what he's referring to. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Did you catch it? You see, Jesus is the king that Jeroboam was asking for. Jesus was the king that Israel always needed. Jesus was the king that the wise old men were pointing to when they said, serve them and they will serve you forever. Jesus later in Mark 10 says this. He's talking to his disciples and Jesus called them to him and they said to them, his disciples were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus calls them to him and says, hey, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. 
but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serve, not to be served. Jesus teaches us how to rule, how to reign in God's kingdom. Not with our own egos, not with our self at the center, not with an iron fist, not with control, not fearing what we might lose, but living out as if we have everything that God has given us. What would life be like if we truly believe that we have everything that we need and it can't be taken away? We wouldn't need control. We wouldn't have fear. He tells us to rule with humility, with service, with dying to yourself. And then he gives us his Holy Spirit. And he anoints us and he indwells us to be sons and daughters of God. And if sons and daughters, as Paul says in Romans, then co-heirs with Christ to rule God's kingdom. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says this, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's what we sing about tonight. We are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We are co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer. What does that mean? Well, there's lots of suffering going on, but I think the true suffering is dying to ourself laying ourself aside and serving others when we want to be served ourselves we lay that aside and we suffer for Christ's sake for the kingdom's sake for his sake and we rule and reign alongside each other it's not about us we rule and reign as if it's about him and him alone And so our purpose is to rule and reign God's kingdom, his creation. You look outside, however it might look in your life, the people that are around you, whether it's your family in your home, whether it's the people in your workplace, whether it's God's creation out there, how are we having dominion and ruling and reigning over it. I believe that we are all reigning a kingdom. And the question is, which kingdom is it? Whose kingdom are we reigning today? And how are we doing? Jesus gives us an invitation 
into his kingship, into his kingdom. And I'll end with this passage again. And I just want us to just close our eyes and stop and just take a deep breath. And I just want us to take this in. That this is the kingdom of God. And this is the king we serve. And this is the king who has given us all we need and the authority to, to reign his kingdom. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord Jesus, we lift you up, and we are so grateful for you that you have come and shown us the kingdom. You have come and shown us our purpose. You have come to show us the true life that we were created for. And I pray tonight that we would have an understanding and hear your voice speaking to us on how we are to live that life practically throughout our own lives when we go back home, when we go through our week, that we would live as if we are co-heirs with Christ, reigning your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.